Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Go. Make it. Double B's. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Well, Kevin, you're talking about turning the page, turning over a new year. Uh, what a way to finish out for the Arkansas basketball Razorbacks. Uh, much better to go into that New Year's break with a good taste in your mouth after that nice victory over Wilmington, UNC Wilmington. Yeah, it was a great victory uh, for several reasons, Randy, but I think also, you know, you're entering SEC play now. And you needed you needed some movement, for, you know. You needed some distance from that three losses and four game stretch. Um, even even some of these wins, Arkansas has won five of its last six games. I would say that's a pretty good way to finish the year. But some of those against some of the mid majors have been a little too close for call. You had a tough loss against Oklahoma, where you really weren't in that game very long. You weren't in it long enough. Um, but Arkansas again, five out of six. You got Kenny Kenny. Excuse me, Keon Minifield Jr. in the mix now. Three games in, SEC Player of the Week, Randy. 32 points in that win over Wilmington. Five assists, four rebounds. He drew nine fouls from the opponents, uh, from the opponent in that game, and didn't commit any fouls himself. He, you know, he did have three turnovers, but look, the 32 points came at all three levels. Um, he got, and he, his three-point shooting is not just in half court. He's been getting attempts off in transition. Which, I, which tells me a lot because defenders don't know how to deal with him just yet. His quickness, his burst, his ability to be shifty, go east or west, or change it up in one drive, change of pace. He's got, I think he's got plus arm length on that 6-1 frame. He's athletic, but explosive first step. And again, shifty, that quick twitch uh, shiftiness. And what happens is he gets by the first line of defense, and now he's got a numbers advantage. He's picking and choosing whether to get all the way to the rim, Maybe run, you know, uh, use a little floater or a runner, um, and he's just got defenders on skates, or he can throw the lob pass. And what have we talked about when Arkansas's offense gets stagnant, too much dribbling and one-on-one -on -one play? But he's a guy that gets into it quick, gets a numbers advantage, and now he's getting easy shots. I mean, lob passes for dunks to Arkansas's athletic front liners like Trevor Brazil and Jalen Graham. Those are easy scores. Arkansas needs more of that, and we've seen that now. Three games in, especially this last game at Wilmington, and it didn't stop there. I thought Devo Davis had his best game probably of the season. Uh, when you look at what he did and, and 14 points, six rebounds, and led the team with six assists, had his first multiple steal game this season with three, uh, continues to be a solid defender. He's been up and down a little bit defensively, but these last several games I think he's moved the needle in a positive way, even in a game where you give up 90 points. Tremont Mark back in the starting lineup, the team's leading scorer, 18 points, efficient, big second half. He continues to kind of have big second halves in the last two games against Lipscomb. It was a big first half, but, you know, he's back on track after that injury that kind of slowed him down a little bit, and he missed the Duke game. Uh, and then I look at Brazil. It was a bounce-back game for him, 12 efficient points, eight rebounds to lead the team, 33 minutes. He'd been averaging only 17 minutes per game in the previous three. And then Graham. 
Last four games, he's averaging over 10 points, shooting 75% from the field, 75% at the free throw line. It's a small sample size, but here's a guy that was in the 30 percentages, 30s or 40s last year. So if he's going to be on the court, he's got to rebound better. He did 16 points, six rebounds in this last game. I'm kind of meandering through the individual play because, Randy, what we've been talking about is Musman searching for a core group for that top 7-8 rotation. Now, he played 13 guys, Randy. <laughs> if you look at the minutes, only a handful of players played more than 20 minutes, and only six total out of the 13 played 10 or more minutes, and that's because LL has played 10 minutes off the bench. So, really, he started to drill down when you look at the last two games, I believe Christian, and this one, when you actually look at minutes disbursement, it's been six or seven guys when you look at double-digit minutes. Now, Caleb Battle probably would have played double-digit minutes. He got tweaked in ankle, played only seven first-half minutes, was available to come back. They didn't use him in the second half. Um, so, But yes, the trends are still moving toward a tighter rotation, even though he let, let just about everybody play against Wilmington. Well, Kevin, one thing you didn't mention about Minifield that needs to be mentioned, he makes layups. How many times have we seen Arkansas miss layups? This guy, when he goes under there, he makes them. Now, that's he's only played three games, but that's a plus to me because the Hogs miss several layups. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting over 50% from the field in his three games. Um, you know, He's 3 of 11 from three, so hasn't really been electric there, but and a good free-throw shooter. I mean, he made 13 to 17. You mentioned the layups. He's just a skilled, crafty guy. He's a very confident offensive player. And you look at his all-pack 12 freshman season at Washington, you know, he, he averaged a little over 10 points a game. All, like I said, all-pack all 12 freshman team. But he, you know, he had, 20, I think, six or seven games of 20 or more points. Now the 32 points was a career high against Wilmington. But that's exactly, I mean, his change of pace, you know, you talk about talented individual scorers like Tamon Mark, like Caleb Battle. Uh, we've seen other guys like Devo do it. These guys, when they drive, they're not getting by defenders. they got guys kind of hanging all over them, and they're really good at creating just enough space to get good shots off their good finishers this late in their careers, uh, or they get to the foul line, whatever. Uh, but Minifield's just a little bit different because he's getting true separation. He's getting by guys. And, again, I talk about a numbers advantage. He's understanding when to go get his and finish it, whether it's at the rim, like you said, finishing at a high level on layups, uh, in that kind of that mid-range area. He's hit some threes now in the last game, got that part of his game going three of seven against Wilmington. Uh, but then he'll pass the ball as well. So, you know, the last three games, 15 points, 4.3 rebounds, which I think is a really good number for a 6-1 lead guard, and then three assists. So we're just starting to see – his impact, and look, he has started the last three halves of basketball. When you go back to Abilene Christian and then to both halves in Wilmington, played all 20 minutes in the second halves against Abilene Christian uh, in, in Wilmington, and Arkansas has outscored those opponents in those halves 161-128. to 128. So he's plus 33 in the box, and he contributed 43 points in those three halves. <laughs> I don't know how much more we could say because none of us expected him to play this year. It was a surprise over the holiday break, basically, mid-December when he got ruled eligible. Um, and since that time, I don't know that anyone would have predicted this kind of impact already. I mean, SEC Player of the Week after three games and 17 days of being eligible, I think, speaks plainly enough about his value. Well, Joe Lenardi doesn't expect him to play because even after the win, he doesn't have Arkansas in his top 68 or even in the next eight to be left out. All right. 
Well, part you know they're not really they're not projecting what a team can do based on personnel. They're strictly looking at the resume up to that point, and the resume is just not good enough. I mean, Arkansas, I think Arkansas's moved up to as high as number eighty nine now in net. Um, that was what it flipped to yesterday. I haven't, I actually haven't checked it today, so I don't know if there was any movement there. Uh, but but the resume is just not strong enough. Arkansas's one and three in quad one games has now a quad four loss. That Greensboro loss is now counting as a quad four, the worst part of the, uh, you know, the way that they bracket those games. Um, and, and no quad two results at all. So you, you're looking at most of Arkansas's wins in the quad three and quad four rounds, and you've got that quad four loss. One and three in quad one. Now Auburn will be a quad one win opportunity. It's a ranked team as well. Arkansas's one and three against ranked teams. Got a chance to add another quad one win at home. Another win against a ranked team at home, and at that point, you won six of seven, and you're probably back on the bubble if you do that. I think Arkansas would at least be back on the bubble. I'm not, I can't, I don't know that for a fact, but you got to think that would do, be enough to do it with a ton of quad one and quad two opportunities coming up through SEC play. I think there's three, maybe four chances for a bad loss, quad three or quad four, out of the 18 game SEC slate. So most of it, now it's on the team to build that resume back. Arkansas's got every opportunity to get back on the right side of things, not only on the bubble, off the bubble, and still play its way into a respectable seat if it can have kind of runs that the team has had the last three years, or the, the two Elite Eight seasons anyway, uh, to get the ship right. Last year they were kind of up and down, but still made it in, got to the Sweet 16. All right, Kevin, we saw something this past game. Now, Coach Must said this was a direct reflection to what Wilmington was doing. That is about the three-minute mark. Wilmington brought in five different faces. So did Eric Musselman. He kind of hinted that he might do it again. Do you see that happening again, or that was just for that Wilmington game? Well, sure, why not? I mean, through 13 games, he's he's played anywhere from 10, typically 10 to 12 players in each half. But like I mentioned in the last two games, if you're really paying attention to the minutes, uh, he'd been playing eight or nine guys double-digit minutes. In the last couple of games, it's seven or less. Um, so, you know, it's, I'll call it smoke and mirrors. I mean, if that's a, if he does it, it's more of a novelty. If you really pay attention to who's playing, uh, you know, the bulk of the game, he's already started to whittle that down a little bit. Now, I still think when you look outside these five, and it's Trevor and Brazil, Debo Davis, they've started every game this year, those two, the returning players, all-league preseason, you expect that Jamon Mark, uh, Keon Minifield now, averaging 27 minutes per game in his three, and then I, and Caleb Battle. To me, those five guys are factored into your top rotation. I still think for now, even though Graham has kind of stood out a little bit relative to the other guys consistently in the last handful of games, I still think it's a three-headed monster at the five. So on any given night, one of the three between Graham, Chandler Lawson, and Makai Mitchell. And then I think still between Jeremiah Davenport, um, L. Ellis, and uh, Leighton Blocker off the bench, maybe Joseph Henning, that gives Mussman another three or four players on the backcourt to consider working into small ball lineups or, you know, changing his rotation a little bit. All right, Kevin, hang on. we got to step aside for a moment. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net, thanks to Fence Brokers. Drive Time Sports, tapped with refreshing sports opinion on the Buzz Radio Network. 
Drive Time Sports in the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, joined once again by... Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Let's speak with Preston. Preston, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. How you doing? doing Happy great. New Year. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, that was a pretty good game this weekend for Arkansas. Uh, I kind of wonder how they're going to do with Bruce Pearl and uh, Auburn, though, coming up. Good question. Thank you, Preston. Did you hear the question, Kevin? Yes. How's Arkansas going to do against Auburn? I, I think it's going to be – I think, obviously, the X factor to me is, is Bud Walton Arena. Um, and, you know, you get home games. Arkansas's done really well. At home, for the most part, when you go back to SEC play under Musselman, when you start talking about some of these higher-profile games, especially uh, Auburn's back in the rankings, 25th in this latest poll. Uh, I think the Tigers, uh, I think they play 10 tonight, so they get a chance to close out uh, non-conference play at 11-2. and two. Um, And so, you know, tw- I think they were 13th in net. So this has all the – everything Arkansas needs to not only prove that it's back on track. I mean, look, five game, five wins in the last six games. And, the, and two of those games against ranked teams, Duke and Oklahoma, you split those. So those were quad one results and ranked teams. Now you got a chance to win six out of seven and go two and one in those kind of games. So I think Arkansas is going to be ready. It's all hands on deck now. you got Minifield in the mix. I think he adds a different dynamic. And I, you know, it's a veteran Auburn team, guys. You know, they've got a lot of guys back, um, and you know, this is a typical Bruce Pearl, tough, tough team. I always think of his teams as tough. Um, you know, sometimes they've got individual players that maybe are not as tough at their position as you might think they should be, but as a group, um, I always think that they're mentally tough. Uh, so, you know, that's something that Arkansas hasn't really shown a lot in games. That's why even when they've dominated some of the statistics, like shooting efficiency, which I've written a lot about, they haven't been as tough in the 50-50 ball blue-collar, you know, hustle plays. And that's where, to me, Auburn's always good at. And so Arkansas is going to have to match that. Uh, but I think Bud Walton Arena adds, you know, that adds, uh, I think that plays advantage Arkansas. Um, and, and where we sit right now, barring any other injury news or anything else unforeseen, uh, I like Arkansas's chances in this game to start 1-0. And Arkansas had slow, poor starts in SEC play. Uh, you know, when you look back at the last three years, this would be an opportunity for Arkansas, um, you know, to, to do better. I don't think Arkansas has won its first SEC game since year one under Eric Nelson. So this would be an opportunity to – uh, to sweep that under the rug and, and, and start out 1-0. and Then Arkansas goes on the road for two consecutive games before coming back home. Um, but right now, I give a slight edge to Arkansas. This kind of fits with what you were talking about regarding the rotation uh, right before the break. This from our Southern Structural Solutions buzz text line from Savage. says, ask Hoop, how does Mush shrink this lineup going into SEC play. Yeah. So, again, I'm paying attention to who's actually playing. You know, I mean, 
you know, you saw Pinion check in, Denazo Harris, those guys came in on that submarine. And those guys were on the court for one and a half, two minutes, whatever it was. Uh, so what I'm really paying attention to is who, who played, not just who checked in. Uh, and, the, and he's already started to drill those minutes down. Like I mentioned before the break, you've, you've seen it, you're seeing fewer players now um, getting 10 or more minutes. And so that's what I'm really paying attention to. Does, is there a different dynamic now that SEC play starts where he even limits how many guys actually even check in throughout a game? Well, that remains to be seen. He may, he may continue to bring guys in and out. Again, I think out of the top five guys that I mentioned, Going back to Brazil, Davis, Mark, uh, Minifield, and Battle. Uh, and then I think, again, the three-headed center spot, Graham, Lawson, and Mitchell. And then maybe two, three or, or four others off the bench out of the, that represent the backcourt play. I think Melsman might interchange some of those guys. But I think those top five guys are going to continue to be the guys that typically get the most minutes. And then you're going to see two or three others round out that seven or eight rotation. I think what would make this different than most seasons is he hasn't had as many options in the depth for the back end of the rotation to have so many options for him to go to. I think this year is a little different. I think it's why we've seen 12, 10 to 12 guys playing each half, half as he decides what's working best in any given game. Um, so I think we might, we could still see more players checking in. But, again, pay attention to the minute. It's already started to drill down, and I think we'll – see it settle in maybe even more now that league plays here all right kevin this uh from the 501 by way of our southern structural solutions buzz text line please ask kevin what's happened to makai mitchell he was a force inside earlier in the year and all of a sudden he's gone away we don't have that defensive presence and the banging on the boards that we once had i haven't seen the inside presence defensively like i thought i would See, Makai played every bit of two minutes and 51 seconds this past game against Wilmington, which kind of mirrors the two games previous to that. In fact, one game, I'm not sure he played even one minute um, most recently. Makai Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, he's just, I think it's all about matchups. I think he'll have opportunities to help Arkansas still. Uh, when you look at some of these games here recently, some of these high-octane offenses, quicker, smaller lineups with some of these mid-majors and, and Melsman's chosen to be a little quicker in his front line. Uh, was Arkansas's got a toughness deficit, a physicality deficit. When you look at some of the front-line guys, and Mitchell's probably the most equipped for that. some of that. That's why I think we'll see him help Arkansas down the line. But, you know, I mean, Jalen Graham has stepped up his game. He's the best right now of the three. When you even add Trevor and Brazil, uh, that option, you could say four frontliners. He's been the best recently uh, offensively because Brazil's been such a low-volume guy. Like, he, he stepped up again. You know, 12 points and eight rebounds, you'll take that. Want to see a little more from him offensively. Um, but, but, but Graham, you know, was giving Arkansas some scoring punts around the basket. He's making some free throws now. That had been a problem with him. We don't know if it'll continue because it is a small sample size, but he's, you know, he got six rebounds this last game. That was his second best rebounding game of the season. You got to go back to Alcorn State in the opener where he grabbed eight. This is his next highest uh, production game. So, you know, and he was in and out with those back spasms. When Arkansas lost three out of four games, he didn't play in one of those. So I think Graham's helped himself, and that's, you know, that equates to somebody else maybe not being on the court. And it's been Makai Mitchell. We've seen Chandler Lawson be good for Arkansas. He's been kind of up and down. 
you know, if I was rating all the bigs outside of Brazil from start from 13 games, Lawson's probably been the most consistent producer among, you know, compared to the other ones. But remember, several games. So, uh, but I think Makai Mitchell will still be inserted at times. And at some point, uh, you know, we'll see him surge at times and help Arkansas the last few games. I, it's a great question because he's kind of been the odd man out. Well, when you go just by minutes, Brazil almost 33, Minifield 35, Davis 35 and a half, Mark, a lot of that because of foul issues, 24. Yeah, 24. Then you had 27 for Jalen Graham. And talking about uh, starting, but not necessarily uh, certainly finishing, you were talking about Chandler Lawson. He played just nine minutes uh, in that game. Now, battle, you would have expected more minutes, but that ankle, the precaution with the ankle, he was hurt towards the end of the first half and uh, didn't return for the second half at all. And then the other guy that I I guess I'm not sure how much patience uh, he will continue, and, and that, that means as the games get tougher, Jeremiah Davenport. He only played four minutes the other night, and this was a guy that we certainly have been expecting some three-point production from and just not happening. No, he's, you know, he, you know, L. Ellis was a guy that was starting early in yeah. the year and playing heavy minutes, and he's been, you know, he, he really had a bad run in the Bahamas. He, he he had some moments back in the starting lineup and helped Arkansas beat Duke. Jamal Martin is that guy. I mean, let's not forget, I know nobody wants to talk about Purdue. It didn't count. Doesn't help the resume. Uh, but but Arkansas has proven against quality competition that it, that it can match up and, and, and play against play with anybody. It's it's being consistently cohesive. I mean Arkansas has been plus ten to fifteen be- percentage points better shooting overall from the field from three point distance in these last stretch of wins, these last five wins, uh, including Duke. Give the gift. So, that will thank last you, a Kevin. 